Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to our Devils podcast, The Road to the Draft. And it seemed when we started this, the draft was way in the future, but now we're on the cusp of the Devils selecting first overall. It'll be Friday in Vancouver, and of course, a very exciting time for the New Jersey Devils. Pleased to be joined this week by my co-host, Chris Westcott, who is the manager of content for the Devils, one of the newer hires by the New Jersey Devils. Chris, thanks very much for spending time with us on this week's show. And tell us a little bit about yourself and what is manager of content or who is manager of content? Uh, thanks, man. Uh, well, actually, uh, I'm really, really excited to be here. Uh, the Devils are really trying to load up on content, as you probably have seen over the last couple of weeks. Um, they hired a senior director of content, Mark Ciampa, uh, originally from Edmonton, which is where I worked for five years under Mark, and then I worked for uh, the Chicago Blackhawks last year. Uh, so I've been a reporter around the league for a while. I reported, was the head writer for the Oilers um, for five years, and then I was uh, you know, the manager of content uh, in Chicago. And basically my role is just to kind of both report on the team, uh, written on camera, podcast with yourself sometimes, uh, but also just to kind of advance um, our content plan moving forward. We really want to uh, give fans of the Devils a lot of information, a lot of coverage, behind-the-scenes access. We want to give them a look at who the Devils really are as an organization, and that's something I'm really happy to be a part of. So you come from a, a city, Edmonton, where it's the sport, the team, the Edmonton Oilers. You come from an original six year, uh, city, Chicago, where the Blackhawks are deeply ingrained in the sports scene. What attracted you to New Jersey, which certainly has a great history of its own, but different from those other two markets, certainly? Yeah, absolutely. It's a new challenge, uh, honestly. I mean, it's 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 a it's a big city. It's a huge market. It's the number one market, the number one area, and so obviously there's that challenge there. There's 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 a success, a reward there for getting the numbers up on the site, but also just giving the fans here what they want. They're drowned out by you know the coverage of some of the other teams, and they're starving for content uh, surrounding the New Jersey Devils. They want to see the, the behind-the-scenes access. They want that stuff, and, and I just felt that I would have an ability to uh, share that with them, and obviously joining Mark again, and, and I, I really enjoyed the content that we put together in Edmonton. Uh, so it was just a new challenge for me, and it, it was one that I was really excited to take on. And you will be, I trust, in Vancouver this week. Yes, I will. I'm really looking forward to it. This will be, uh, I'm guessing, my sixth NHL draft and my first in Vancouver, which is a beautiful city, as it you is. would know, Matt. Uh, great seafood, great sushi. Uh, but really, it's an important draft, obviously, for the Devils, holding the first overall pick, but also 10 picks overall. And this is really important for the Devils, uh, not only because of that first pick, but because they have an opportunity to maybe make some tweaks on the active roster via trades or maybe just bring in some really high-end, talented prospects because, as we'll find out from our conversation coming up, it's a really deep draft, lots of talent, so it's exciting. Well, without further ado, let's bring our guest in. He is the general manager of the New Jersey Devils, Ray Shiro, who just recently celebrated his fourth anniversary. He and his staff will be on hand in Vancouver as the Devils step to the podium and select number one. Let's welcome in the general manager of the Devils, Ray Shiro. Ray, thanks very much for giving us a few moments of your time at a very, very busy period in your life. Uh, yeah, my pleasure, though. Great to see you guys again. So when the Devils won the right to select number one overall, I guess that's when the road to the draft began. 
But that was over two months until the pick was going to be made. Mm-hmm. Now we're creeping ever closer. Does the emotions ratchet up? Does the energy ratchet up as you get closer? Um, yeah, I think the the energy for sure. Not so much about the emotion. So, um, you know, it's um, we have our amateur scouts back in um, uh, a number of them this week uh, for a second round of uh, some amateur stuff. We also it's not just the first overall. Obviously, that is really you know the win on April 9th win the lottery and have uh, the first pick. That was that's fantastic for our franchise. But you know, we have ten total picks and. Uh, and that's a lot of hard work and diligence by our staff over not just this year, but over, you know, background on these guys for a couple, three years, whatever. And um, so it's exciting. It's a bunch of energy. It's, um, uh, you know, those what are those times of the year, whether it's, uh, you know, opening opening uh, first game of the season, could be, uh, could be the trade deadline, could be free agency, could be obviously the draft. And it's a huge day for our scouting staff and our fans and the future players for the Devils and the other 30 teams. So this show drops the Monday before the draft. We were recording it prior to that. So as the scouts are all together for one of the last go-rounds as you debate, not just number one, because I think – when you talk about the importance of that, you can overlook the fact that there are multiple picks the Devils will have throughout the draft, three in the second round. What are those meetings like? Um, it's uh, This is a second. We did our, our, our amateur ones already uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, or f- uh, three weeks ago maybe. and then But the kind of really drilled down because of all the picks. And, you know, you see this in football quite a bit where their meetings or draft meetings are three weeks. I mean, they'll meet for a week and a half and – send the scouts home for a week and they come back. And it's a it's a huge day for any franchise and it's critical that, you know, and at the end of the day, you, you have all your information, you um, um, both analytically, both from scouting reports, both from uh, the, the work on the ground. And But I think it's one of those things you always uh, will look back and say, we did everything we could and check off all those boxes. And it always, you know, this time of year too, the, the amateur guys are um, – it's great to have them back in because you're learning more about the players. And, you know, now is the time also when you're talking to different teams, uh, especially this week and next week, more about different possibilities. And, and maybe some teams may want to look to move up or down or don't have as many picks and a lot of possibilities. And, and these guys are hockey guys who just love talking about hockey. And um, and we love working, you know, learning more about the background on some of these players. And, um, and so, yeah, it's a fun week. And, um, but it's, you know, guys are excited, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, um, um, you know, a big time for the franchise and, and for everybody's career. Ray, how much do you welcome, not really conflict, but confrontation, passion about these guys? Some of these scouts have these players that they're willing to stand on a table for. How much do you welcome that kind of heated passion in these talks? Have you seen the size of some of our scouts? If they're standing <laughs> on a table, we're in trouble. Um, no, I think that's part and parcel of anything. It's not just the entry draft, which is what you're referring to, but it's it's critical in terms of, you know, it's um, there's nothing personal. Everybody's having an opinion. We, we want everybody to, uh, to share theirs and, you know, I, I say all the time I need information. I love people that think differently than me. I like people that, uh, but at the same time, you have guys that have more experience, some guys that have uh, that are starting, um, but everybody has an opinion. They learn, and but I think that's what you want. Uh, how does it compare to this guy, and how does it compare to that player? Or, you know, we took this player two years ago. Um, that was a mistake in that position. Why? And you try to learn from that as well as you go along, um, you know, or – you know, if you make a good pick, you do the same thing. Or if a team, another team, makes a pick in the fourth, fifth, seventh round, okay, why did that? Why did that? His background. Um, so everybody is, you know, it's an open exchange. 
and you have to have some laughs as well. Um, but it's, you know, it's very critical in terms of no matter what you're doing to have difference of opinion and, um, but again, respectful the way we do it. And I think that's, um, the best way to really kind of get everybody's involvement. And, you know, our job is more asking the questions of why, why not, why, um, and making sure and, you know, um, and you also find growth in scouts that way too, because they're not swayed when they get questions. Are you sure? Well, may, um, well, you were sure two minutes ago, uh, that's you see that growth in individuals in terms of no different than in regular life so um but it's it's uh it's a good debate and it's a good exchange and um but i think that's uh necessary and uh, i think it's welcome and it's hopefully um constructive obviously you have the 10 picks in this draft the those second round picks are very very important all we've heard in this lead up is just how deep this draft is and mm -hmm. how second round picks especially near the top of the second round could be considered first round in other drafts. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that sentiment? Could you expand on that a little bit? Now yeah, I, I think it's everybody has a different view, I guess. I mean, I, I, I think it's one of those things, too, that um, where we have a guy rated maybe 20th or 22nd on our list is going to be available at 34. Um, this is just everybody's list the way that works. and uh, But it is a deeper draft, and I think, um, you know, as, you know, the three second-round picks are, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, even every pick is important and um you know and the, the more of the the you know more options you have and more draft picks uh, you have you can maybe go off the board a little bit at some point in the draft and uh whether or not you know if you only had five picks or something like that that you're not really that eager to take a real chance but if you have three you know fourth round picks or you know we had i think three or four fourth round picks a couple of years ago and we went off a little bit and, uh, on someone, and but it's good. It's um, I, I think that you know the depth of uh, the quality of the players, um, and especially this is like the best year probably ever the U.S. Development Program, the, the team that they have this year, and uh, the quality of the players and the depth, and most of that team is going to be drafted. And um, but there's it's it's great. They're coming. All the players are coming from everywhere, and it's an international game. And um, you know it's. Um, with only seven rounds, you're gonna have you have 31 teams, soon to be 32, and um, there's lots of got to find the players somewhere. There are, as Chris mentioned, and, and you discussed, 10 picks available to the Devils. You're also limited overall by how many players you can have signed in your system. So there are a lot of moving parts. Have you decided how you're going to utilize those? Is that kind of predetermined based on? what conversations obviously you'll have with other general managers, but are you going into this draft saying, okay, let's see if we can move this particular pick because it has this value as we've done our studies and, and, and our reconnaissance mm -hmm. on what the rest of the league is thinking? Um, I, I think you just, you don't know that until you're on the floor, it's coming to your pick and um, someone may value a, a player at 34 more than we, we do. We might move back or we certainly might try to move up, but um, you have to wait really till the draft it's it's kind of it's it's got to unfold and then teams kind of see where the list goes and um but i i think that you know with um the the number of the, the picks that we have it's you know it goes back to 16 and 17 we have 20 picks you know between the two drafts and um and whether or not we pick them all we use something to you know to to move some um, package something up and, and you know get a nhl ready player at this point we'll wait and see and those things, uh, you know, develop over the next couple of weeks. Would you say you're more a I'll wait for a phone call type of guy or I'll make the phone call type of guy? <laughs> uh, I'd be making the phone calls. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's everybody, you touch base with everybody and sometime only once because you don't have anything in common. Um, 
and uh, but a lot of times, you know, you're you're talking to a team quite a bit, um, and then something comes out of the blue, and we always say you have to be ready for stuff you're not prepared for, so you better be prepared. And um, you know, so I think it's more the communication part on our end too with our scouts and our pro scouts as to what we're looking for, what we're doing, what we're willing to do. Um, and I got to find out from them too, uh, in terms of moving picks or moving up or down that how, and that's why it's, you know, these, these meetings are critical for us too, that, um, to actually get, get the, okay, who is it? Where's our, our cutoff is say the first round, um, you know, and where we, we willing to, who's the player we'd want to move up for. And, and if you have a cluster of five, six guys in that second round, okay, maybe where you might move back. Um, but you have to wait and see, and sometimes you're just praying the guy is hopefully still there. And um, but it is, you know, as we went back to the first kind of question, that this is an exciting time. It's it's great to see the the scouts. You know, it's it's their Super Bowl, as they say. You know, um, two day Super Bowl, um, <laughs> and uh, and that's what they work for. And uh, it's critical to the franchise. But um, so much is that you have to be prepared for it because a lot of calls will come and. Um, you know, no different than I'm doing. If what teams might be willing to do or what they're looking for, and um, and we kind of play it by ear as we get up to that Friday. You were talking as we're talking about having these talks and how they heat up closer to the draft. One of my favorite scenes when we go to the draft is watching before the draft begins each day, just the hustle and bustle around uh, when you're talking to different GMs and whatnot. Can you just, just describe that atmosphere for me before the first team is on the clock? And you have that opportunity to just gather with your peers, and what that what's that like? Yeah, that's on the floor. Before. Yeah, on the floor. Jesus. It, Everyone's it is, running around. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, the first question after any GM I see on the floor, if I go to, uh, are you mic'd? I don't know if they're mic'd. Seriously. Um, and then no, it is like, and that is come. It's Thursday night slash Friday, and what a lot of, you know, listen, I'll see you on the floor then. You know, that's where. It ha- you know, really, you kind of see that if that guy's there or, listen, I got to talk to a couple other teams, maybe about a trade, and a lot of stuff is going on that hour before the draft on the floor, and uh, that's why you uh, see a lot of uh, the GMs, and then as a f- team with the first pick, then I think it was in Chicago, actually, um, right before we were supposed to pick, I think I, I walked over to George McPhee, and he got up from the table, and uh, he goes, what's up? I'm like, nothing, just kind of, you know, love to get some... Good publicity for the devils here. I think we might be doing something. <laughs> Who are you taking? I go, you'll find out in 10 minutes. It will, it will get tweeted. Someone will see you. It oh, yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was absolutely we were, I mean, close to being on the clock. And um, why not? So The day that fascinates me is the second day. And obviously, everyone's focused on the first day. It's the first round. And in this case, the devils have the number one pick. And everyone figures that there are 31 superstars who are going and their team's future is set. Then comes the second day, and there's time between, first off, there's time to get ready for it because it's the lead up to the first day, and then there's time between picks, and then comes Saturday, and it's bang, 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 bang. What is that day like? Because you've done all this preparation, but the picks get moved so quickly, and you turn around, he just went there. Where does he stand on our list? What's yeah, the and then energy like that? It's, it is so, it's so much quicker, and then you know everybody's got their draft grade as who's got what picks, and the first day, it's, you know, the first night, it's like four hours, whatever it is, so... With, it's easy to keep track of it if there's any picks traded. Um, but the second day starts, and next thing you know, um, you know they start announcing the trades, and it's pick number 39 for 42 and 71. Okay, 
that starts happening in the second. Third. I mean, okay, what the heck? You have to go to central registry up at the at the front to find out who's got what pick. It just happens quickly, and but that's okay. Everybody's used to it, prepared for it, and you can you know you can make a you can call timeout uh, for up to five minutes, or you can use um, you can do it for twenty five minutes, <laughs> do it all at once. That wouldn't be very popular. Um, but that's where some trades happen to actual player trades where you need to, you know, get some contract information, but, but it goes pretty quickly. And, um, and, uh, it's, that's exciting too, because, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it just happens quick and, um, which is good. No one's going to the, no one's going to the podium. You're just, you know, everybody's at the table and you're telling, then you're in the seventh round and tell everybody to hurry up. But everybody knows the seventh round is critical. I mean, there's no different than what's the difference. There'll be there's Hall of Famers. There's Hall of Famers drafted in the seventh round, right? But I would think on a Saturday, that's where the 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 work that you've put in and you and your staff have put in really pays dividends because things do happen so quickly, and you've got to be you can call a timeout, but you've got to be able to react. Oh yeah, to what's yeah. Going on no, right so we yeah. better sure. have our stuff in order. No, absolutely. And it's actually it's a little bit better this year. Not better, just it's a five o'clock start Pacific time. Um, but you know, it's it's. What happens if you're, you know, if you're Eastern time zone or whatever, and you've got a 7 p.m. start? Well, you're not getting out of there till 11, 11:30. Well, then you have a quick turnaround to 10 o'clock the next day. So, what every team's doing, they're going back, you know, going back to the hotel. You've got, you know, get your, your you know, a spread of food because everybody's starving. But you're meeting for another hour and a half to like because you're redoing your list because guys have gone, guys have gone, and you're probably talking to some GMs that night or listen, um, you know, it's. Uh, that's this will be so it's a five o'clock start so you know it'll be a little bit better but um you know at that time anyways you know like whether it's late or you're on the energy and this is great so it's not a big deal but um yeah the quicker it goes that's exciting too take us back to 2017 real quick and you know obviously the last time you guys had the first overall pick and can you compare for us these two drafts or at least the two build-ups to these drafts so Matt and I were talking about just how similar they are you had a rival breathing down your neck and at pick number two and you know whoever you didn't select was going to go there and there were certain pressures there and obviously you want to get it right picking first overall can you kind of compare the two drafts for us a little bit yeah I think um you know, with Philadelphia obviously moving up like they did in 2017, Philly and Dallas moved up to two and three. And then certainly with, you know, obviously we moved up too. Um, and, and this year, same thing. Now it's uh, Chicago and, and the Rangers moving up a, a big climb and uh, L.A. moving from, you know, from what, two to five, I think. So a lot happened. And, and I, I don't – it's kind of like that. I, I think it's great, uh, the fans, that, you know, it's a rival and there's nothing wrong with a rival. And um, – I don't want to, you know, be picking and worrying about. Hey, we're gonna pick differently because um, if Dallas was at two instead of the Rangers, or in '17 it was gonna be Dallas instead of Philly, what's the matter? I mean, we're gonna get a good player. They're gonna get a good player. Um, that's the way we look at it. And um, and I think, you know, I think as I, I mentioned probably last week is that it's, I think it's the rivalry Rangers Devils rivalry. It should it should be great. I mean, before I mean teams used to play what back in the old Norris division and. And Patrick did we used to play like eight, ten times a year. Now do we play five times? Yeah, four. Four. I mean, hopefully play a lot more just as we're in the playoffs and yeah. playing each other or something like that. But um so I think a lot of that, but it's good for the rival. I mean it's it's gonna be um, you know, whoever goes one and two is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be the the rivalry and then it's just you know, obviously this year it seems more like one or one or two for two guys and then there's it seemed to be probably 
at least four back in 17, it seemed. Um, and then even at five, Patterson has turned out to be a heck of a player, obviously, and that's the way it always happens. But no, I don't, it doesn't it, – I think it's – there's nothing – I think the whole idea of a rival being right behind you when you're picking one, um, that there's added pressure on, on us because of that. I mean, I mean, what's it really matter? I mean, it could be anybody behind you. There's, there's going to be pressure on to pick the right player for your franchise, and it doesn't matter who's behind you. And, um, and that's what I looked at the other, two years ago, so – so compare the two that are the consensus one and two in this year's draft. Two years ago it was Nico and Nolan, Nico Heesher, Nolan Patrick. This year we know it's Jack Hughes and Capo Caco. So who's just divide them for us? I would. I'm going to ask the. I'm going to ask the elephant in the room question. So who are you going to pick? And then after that, <laughs> you can tell us what the difference between the two players are and your thoughts on them. So, are you going to tell us? What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the Devils drafting first oh. overall? And uh, and then just if you could just your view of the differences, similarities, the two players. I said this before, no matter what, Vontae Mack. <laughs> no there matter what. <laughs> if you like draft day. Um, no, we're going to pick the best player. That's what we think is best for the Devils. And, so that's um, still ongoing. You're still. Uh, yeah, and it's. I think it's. Uh, it has to be. And I think it's good. And it's no different than, um, you know, especially. It's a little different. It's actually a lot different this year than 17 because both um, uh, Kako and Hughes, uh, they ended up playing the World Championships. One was done on Thursday, and the one was done on Sunday, and the combine was started on Monday. And obviously, you know, uh, Jack News was there, and, and Capo Caco wasn't just obviously he got done Sunday, and um, so that's different. Um, and he didn't, you know, so that makes it a little dif- uh, difficult. But anyway, um, in terms of the difference of the players, um, they're they're a lot different in terms of how they play. Moan, um, I mean, Caco is, I mean. I go on and on about both these kids, but Kako is just a big, strong kid. He's got really good hockey sense, great around the net. Um, he's got a will with the puck. It almost reminds you down the lake a Yager or something, honestly. He's just um, that good. He's got great hands. Um, and Hughes, obviously, is uh, – and Kako has played center before, too, and everybody says it's a wing versus center. But, I mean, Jack Hughes played left wing some, I guess, at the World Championships, and – uh, but he's certainly a different type of player where um, he's not as big, obviously, but, I mean, he's got incredible hockey sense and, uh, and, and uh, like, the, um, the agility, um, the vision on the ice, um, you know, it's just he makes people on his team better. Um, and I guess that if – I wish I had one and two. That'd be good. <laughs> They're that good. They're that good. I didn't you mean, have I, Jeff Gordon's said number. You'd be um, phone calls. Yeah, Jeff Gordon actually <laughs> bought a place in the Cape right around right around the corner from my best buddy. Okay. So yeah, uh, Jeff, uh, hey, good for uh, you know the Rangers and um, you know JD JD's a smart guy. A couple weeks, out, hey, I'm back in the arc. Yeah, <laughs> good. Um, but it's it's great for the rivalry. I think. I mean, it's in the papers now, and I have the Devils in the uh, in the in the in the papers. Um, I mean, that's, that's fantastic, but we have to make the right choice for us and continue to get better, and the Rangers are trying to do the same thing. Do, do you hear the noise? I won't call uh, That's maybe the incorrect term. The, the reports in the media among the fan base, I think back two years ago, I won't say it was 50-50, but there were fans and media in both camps, Nolan versus Nico. Here there's a lot of Jack uses the guy. How do you block out what others are saying, what the fan base might be saying, and, and just stay focused on what you need to do as an organization? 
I didn't. I wasn't aware of that, so I guess I. <laughs> See, stay off social media and all that sort of stuff. No, um, no. I just think it's. I don't know, but two years ago, maybe it's. Um, you know, and and Nico was all Nico because Nico was playing obviously in the Quebec League for one year, and, and certainly Nolan Patrick was well known by playing in the Western Hockey League, and uh, and now you have you know Hughes has been on the radar. Um, as a potential top pick uh, for a few years here and the U.S.-born kid. And then you have, you know, if Capo Caco played um, in the OHL or WHL or Quebec League or something like that this year, and people were, you know, when they have, they could see him at the World Juniors, um, or certainly the World Championships, but, you know, at the uh, World Juniors over here, then it's almost where, you know, from September to November, December, he was at a certain point. And after the World Juniors, like, holy cow, everybody's like... Um, you know, to the you know, every every NHL team, it wasn't any sort of secret that this kid's going to be a really good player. Um, but maybe it's it's you know, um, it's more about the, the American-born player because he's been on the radar for a while, and um, and with a Kako or, or something like that, it wasn't. Um, so, um, but they're both really good players, and um, they'll be the, the the big benefactors will be the Devils and the Rangers, and um, and the, the the other one will be the league kids like this in and certainly some really really good players um you know in this draft that's for sure for jack a lot has been made obviously about his hockey pedigree with his family how much do you think that that helps a young prospect like that prepare him for this process because he's doing a lot of interviews with both with teams and media his name's everywhere how much do you feel like that may be helped jack ahead of this process um i think it's 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 probably Probably because he, I mean, he's been, even though he's born in Florida, um, basically raised, I mean, in Toronto. Um, but I think he's been kind of around the spotlight for a few years here, and um, he's a well-spoken kid. And um, and I think you know, with and it's it's a little different. Plus, you have, you, know, you have someone like you know, Jack Hughes that is, you know, as we're talking about here. But also you have Kako, that whose English is um, not, you know, obviously he's, he's Finnish and. But it's almost like Miro Heiskanen and what a hell of a player he is, obviously. And um, a couple of years ago when, you know, when I met with him over in Finland and we met for like, I don't know, two and a half, three hours, whatever. And, you know, I was really impressed by how hard he tried. And I knew about four phrases of Finnish, that was about it. But um, anyway, there's there's a difference in the kids, a difference. But anyway, they're, they're both going to be really, really good NHL players. And, um, and again, like... What if the Rangers don't take one of those two kids and they goes to Chicago? I don't know. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we could. That's true. Can can you share one of those Finnish phrases with us? Uh, meet the Kulu. Um, that's a, what else? Kitos. Um, what else do we have? And no. what does that first one mean? Uh, what? Uh, me, uh, how are you? Or meet the Kulu. Okay. Um, Kitos is obviously thank you. Um, you can talk Swedish. Um, uh, Mika bra. That's always good. And. Um, because <laughs> you're Norwegian, <laughs> they say that's the most difficult. Norwegian, three, yeah, uh, or Finnish, Finnish, you know, finishes. You got a little bit, has it? But well, Norwegian, they no matter what, it always sounds angry. Okay. Finnish, <laughs> doesn't it? I mean, no. Yeah. Sorry, I just I always give Yarmo Kekalainen a hard time on that. <laughs> um, what's the rest of this summer like? I mean, the draft obviously is prominent, but mm-hmm. you know, you go right into the free agency mm-hmm. period. You can talk mm-hmm. to free agents and then you can look at things and trades i mean what's the summer like what are you looking to fill um well it's like 
you know, it's really a busy time for the draft, obviously, but certainly busy time because we've had our pro meetings. We continue to um, you're balancing both and you're preparing for the draft, but also beginning a free agency, certainly trade possibilities. Um, and for us, it's, you know, we're it's, you know, put it this way, we finished almost last. So we're to say what we need. We need we need to get better. We need um, certainly need some better health and some of our players. And um, but I don't. You know, some of this is going to be growth. I'm excited about some of our younger kids, too, that uh, just well, a day or two ago we signed Boquist, obviously. It was our second-round pick. Um, and, you know, it's just it starts, you know, Ty Smith coming in and a lot of stuff. So, But I, I really think that, you know, we ended up with a really young team. And when you trade Lovejoy and Johansson and, and Brian Boyle, that's what happens. And But you need some maturity in your lineup, and that's, it's, a, it's a hard league. And you want to – we talk about development all the time, and development is not just playing guys in the NHL because you want to be young. That's not development. Um, they certainly have to earn that. Um, so in terms of, you know, we'll be obviously trying to make our team better, and that's not what you want to hear, obviously, but you want to hear names and numbers and all that stuff. But um, we have to get better, and we have a plan to do that, and we have plenty of cap space. And um, But I think, you know, we're getting to the point where we want to, you know, really try to make some strides here. But, you know, there's 30 other teams and trying to do the same thing. And... Uh, if I said, hey, geez, we're looking for a defenseman, like, really? You know what the cue is like at that line? <laughs> like, it's um, so. It's like Sunday bakery yeah, time, right? Yeah. It's like a number. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. For, for sure. Uh, talk about Jesper Boak. Where does he fit in? Where does he fit in? Is he a center? Is he a winger? I know he's going to have to prove himself, mm-hmm. but where do you see him playing? Um, he's he's both. He's He was drafted as more of a center, but he's been playing on a wing, and um, and we'll see. I think with any young player, it's, it's hard playing you know um center in the national hockey league but um you know he's got the skill he's got you know he's got the hands the skill the head for the game we'll see you know the it's he's either gonna have to make our team or he goes back to sweden that's the double ihf agreement as a 20 year old is where he's drafted outside the first round but it goes back to the same thing like if he's prepared to if he we'll give him every opportunity which we'll do and no different with anything else, like with Ty Smith or whoever, if we felt it's best for him, okay, that's what we're going to do, but we're in it for the long run. But, you know, he has, we talk about having skill and having, getting more talent. This kid's got it. and But we don't want to build him up to be that. Like, listen, he's coming over. It's going to be an adjustment. Um, and so it'll be a good good start for him again at that development camp or he camp in Buffalo and, um, and certainly see how he does in training camp. And we'll see where that takes us. But, um, yeah, it's it's nice to have uh, some of that, that kind of skill and youth, and um, so some of those younger kids, you know, start to come to the organization. And but again, we go back to development. We have to do this the right way. But as we've shown, if guys are ready to play, and they've okay, we'll we'll play. Are you excited that that the plant's not fully developed? Obviously, but that. What do you mean, you, obviously? <laughs> well, you were the one who brought up the finish, <laughs> but at any rate. Uh, but that you're seeing that, whether it's a Ty mm-hmm. Smith, whether it's a Boquist coming over, whether it's Heischer's development, now mm-hmm. you have the number one pick. Like what you envisioned mm-hmm. happening is mm-hmm. starting to mm-hmm. show. It's starting to blossom. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's it's you know it's patience is um, it's it's easy to say, but it's harder to do. And um, but if you as they say, if you had a plan and you know supported by Josh and David, that there's only one way to try to do it and. Uh, but I think, you know, a couple of years ago, making the playoffs and having, uh, you know, that. And it was, you know, a lot of the players that it, it wasn't like, you know, we got so lucky. It was like, listen, we had to play well. It wasn't like goaltending carries. It wasn't like this carried us that. It was a really good team effort. It was incredible. It was important. 
And you know, when you take a step back, it's not unusual like we did last year. It's not, but we didn't do this four years ago with you know signing more older players, and now we're stuck back here. And okay, now what are we gonna do? No, those younger players that you know you have to draft these assets. That's the way to do it. And um, again, we try to expedite it. And you know when you trade a couple draft picks for Johansson or certainly um, you know obviously Pakal Palmieri, guys like this, you try to balance both but we weren't doing trading draft picks back then for guys that you know were one-year guys or you know have one year left in a contract then they're going to leave so um again it's you know the adversity last year is not unusual it's not easy and but again we we have to be better and we, um but again they can see with the younger players and over the last few there's finally starting to turn pro and we still have a number of guys obviously in in college or junior or europe that you know, it's good because you can't have them all come out at the same time. As you mentioned earlier, you only have, you know, can have 50 contracts. Um, but you need players to play a certain place and develop, and that's a big part of what we're doing. You expanded a little bit more on Boakfast than you did with uh, the other name you mentioned, Ty Smith. And I just want to ask you a little bit more about him. Obviously, bright future ahead, offensively dynamic defenseman. But you as a GM, what's maybe in your mind the ideal way to develop a defenseman? Sometimes they can take a little bit longer, uh, especially one that you're going to load up with a lot of responsibility at some point, it seems. Yeah, I think, I mean, guys are playing when they're younger and younger. And I think last year was the right decision for us and Ty Smith. And, you know, a lot of it was in terms of being not just as a hockey player, but as also as a, a young man that, um, you know, we knew if he did go back, he was going to be a, a captain or a leader playing the world. Because, and that's important growth as a person, as a kid, and what he experienced. And, um, you know, even at the World Juniors and to lose, you know, the, the Finland there at the end was it overtime, whatever. Well, that was, that's part of growth as a person, growth and, and friendship, so that he's going to have forever. And, you know, so we talked about know, developing, you know, his game or anybody's game, both on and off the ice. And, because um, it's hard. It's, um, you know, it's, you know, when I saw Jack Hughes in Buffalo and I just, you know, what are you doing next week? Uh, well, I'm, I'm like, how about just go be a teenager, <laughs> you know, and enjoy, like, uh, and your friends and all that stuff, which, you know, obviously he's doing. But um, but with Ty, he'll, we'll be, you know, again, it still goes to development with him and we'll have that opportunity and see how he handles things. And, um, you know, that will be up to the coaches, certainly. But, you know, he's got, he's got the ability, he's got the aptitude to, to be a, you know, a, a real good defenseman, a real real difference maker for us in, in time. And, um, and that's, you know, um, I'm, I'm glad looking back that we did send him. I mean, we sent him back and, um, but I think that was best for both of us. And, but I'm excited to see him at training camp and see him in the summertime here. And he had a hell of a year and, um, you know, a lot of accolades and deserved him both on and off the ice. He's a great kid. Yeah. I think everyone's excited to see what, what the difference a year makes for Ty Smith. Last week, Taylor Hall was in the news you and his representatives quickly tamped down what could have been a fire that almost got out of control in this day of uh, media that changes minute by minute. But at any rate, what can you tell us about Taylor Hall? Can you just you know, just add anything to what you discussed last week about his situation? Um, nothing has really changed at all, and that's why you know both Taylor and his agent are us were like, okay. Um, but that happens sometimes when something gets written that – um, it's kind of taken out of context, which I saw, and nothing has changed in our part, their part. And, um, you know, he was just in town uh, yesterday, last night, and um, I think he's going to resume skating uh, later this week, next week. So, um, you know, so nothing's really changing. And really, um, he's got a year left in his contract. We want to no different than anyone. I, I always want to sit down and, um, 
find out what's on that player's mind and say, what are you thinking? Do you want to be here? Here's what we have. You know, we know each other, obviously. But here's what we have planned. Here's what we're trying to do. Uh, you know the people here. You know, um, you know the players. You know the town. You know, and here's how we see. And then, because he's you know he's got a year left, but he's you know obviously it's a big decision for him or any player. And um, you know, looking at potentially a ex- contract extension for you know a, a big part of their career, and especially you know as he'll be is he 28, almost 29. Uh, it's, it's so. It's going to be important to him. It's important to us. I want to, you know, it's these not all these things that oh, well, I'm just go to him and hey, here's what we want to give you. Well, I'd be thinking usually it's like okay, I want to know, you know, where are you now compared to a year ago? Where where are we? And I I want to be able to no different than Nico Heesh or anybody you're gonna or someone you're gonna talk about extension for. And here's worth thinking. And you know when they go to see. Nico Heischer and all these guys, 2017. I it wasn't just to interview them. I want them to understand what we're doing or what I'm about, and I think that's important both ways. And it's not just money for these guys. It's it's about you know it's about competing. It's about being an athlete. It's about being where you want to live. Are you happy? Um, you know, and 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 the way it is in the NHL, it, it turns pretty quickly. And if guys you see are cha- chase this, oh well, that team's not any good anymore. Well, you chase that. Um, well, sometime. It's really good to be where you are, but um, you know that, and that's not even just about Taylor. It could be anybody. Um, but I have to find that out, and and you know the thing we've agreed on is like we're not going to rush this, and there's not a timetable, and but we want to you know when things settle down and he gets back on the ice and you know and all you know we can and you get spend time with it too. Draft free agent. Oh, absolutely, he gets it. He was uh, no, he Did he you? totally gets it, and um, it's not a you know for us. And for Taylor, you know, it's we've been on the same page on this whole thing. So just kind of getting back to what was written and what was kind of taken from that and carried around. Um, okay, well, it probably comes off the wrong way, uh, which is really not fair. But that's the way it is now. We get it. And um, but you know, we we all know where we are, and um, and so that, that didn't bother his camp or, or us, or um, so nothing's really changed at all there. So knock on wood. Last one for for me. You grew up in a hockey family. You talked earlier, Chris, about Jack Hughes, and he grew up basically in the sport. Your dad, a Hall of Fame coach, and you were 12, 13, running around dressing rooms. I read a story the other night that after they lost in 76, the Flyers, to Montreal, that was the start of their four in a row, did you have to deliver a, a congratulatory letter that your dad wrote to Scotty Bowman, can you tell us a little bit about that story? Where do you read that? Really, I think I, I'll remember that, but I think I do remember it now. Yeah, I, um, you can tell me. Okay, well, well, how that work? That, that well, I think that almost honestly, story. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Where, like, was it after the game or something? It was after. I think the that game. I think that actually happened. And uh, the story. I'd have I to ask Scotty that. That's actually pretty interesting. Um, God, I think. But yeah. I mean, you grew up in the sport. Oh, absolutely, and uh, no, I think. I could have, like right down the hallway. That's where the you know the game four was in Philadelphia, and um, it was four straight. And but I always say that Bernie Prunt wasn't playing; he was hurt, and so was Rick McLeish. So they would have won. But anyway, um, that's probably what the, I delivered to Scotty. You're so goddamn lucky. I took my dad's letter out. You know, so, <laughs> you know 
Good luck next year. Uh, okay, four, four in a row. <laughs> they were a hell of a team, obviously. So, well, they were. It was the start of uh, their yes, big run good. and ended the Flyers' yeah, right. great run. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but again, mm-hmm. uh, a hockey story. Yeah, and, uh, yeah we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go through the memory banks. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious what a 13 year old was yeah. thinking. Disappointed. His team had lost. His dad's team had lost. Disappointed. Got... Man, you're crying, man. 13, yeah. 12. <laughs> That's your team. You're crying. And uh, so anyway, now it was some good memories, and yeah, Scotty, that's kind of funny. Well, well, we'll see Scotty yeah. in, in Florida. You'll probably yes. see him sooner, but I will yeah, see him in that's Florida. That's fantastic. Down there from yep. Tampa. Okay. Great. Thanks very much for your. Thanks time. so much, Matty. Appreciate it. You guys are that's fantastic. Thanks, Ray. Yep. I don't blame Ray, Chris, for not letting the cat out of the bag as the work continues. You tried. To go. Well, we have to ask the question. <laughs> you tried. Which really makes Friday very exciting because we all have our opinion. We all have our thoughts. And we may find out more by the time we get to Friday which way. But the Devils did a great job of keeping it close to the vest two years ago when they selected Nico Heischer. It's going to be so exciting to see not only who they select number one overall, but what they do the rest of the way. Absolutely. It's just a a big opportunity for them. They're going to be on center stage. Everyone's watching them. They're the first team on the clock. I I can't wait. It's exciting. It will be very exciting. Again, thanks to our guest, Ray Shiro. Chris, it's been a pleasure. Looking forward to working with you this summer and on into next year. And uh, welcome aboard. Thanks, Matt. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Devils podcast, The Road to the Draft. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. So long.